I am Wrestling Elitist. I am your host. That's right. Not the co-host this week. It's just me. Uh, last week you had just Sean. This week it's me. We're having a battle to see who's the bigger draw, whose name gets the fans in seats, and hopefully it's me. If it's not, I'll fudge the numbers as I'm the one who controls all of that. Uh, Sean actually had a pure romance party that he's hosting at his house tonight, uh, and Chris is still on his fatherly duties. But before we get to anything, I have my news of the week before the news of the week, which is the fact that next week, you're hearing it first, live from me, it's going to be the three boys back together, baby. That's right. The three amigos, we're finally back. The shield is reuniting. We're going to put our fists in the middle and fucking bump them because that's what's happening. I'm so excited to have Chris back. I think Chris is excited to come back. Um, there was talk of him coming back the last two weeks, but with it only have been would have been a two-man booth. It didn't feel right. We wanted to make sure that the first show he's back is all three of us. So that will be coming to you. But before then, make sure you're going to our website, wrestlingleadist.com, latest match reviews, articles. Uh, Chris just posted a story about Andy Kaufman uh, and his uh, – joining the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, He also posted one on uh, the WWE Mega Matches on Coliseum Home Video. So his match ratings and his commentary around that. I think he's feeling alive. He's feeling invigorated. He's ready to come back. Make sure you're viewing those articles. I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit more next week. Uh, But also, please make sure you're checking out our Instagram, Twitter, um, I don't know, Discord. I think I actually got rid of our Discord. But at Wrestling Elitist Podcast for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, If you're new to the show, uh, I apologize that the first one you hear is just me, but the typical format of it is simple. It's I go over the news of the week, match of the week, moment of the week, cringe of the week, anticipation, and then I'll hit you with some extras. I've got a list of uh, fucking 25 extra things it feels like to talk about, and there's some things that I'm just not going to talk about too. So let's get into it. The news of the week wrestling-wise for me was... Simple. AEW is partnering with a large agency to expand the house rules shows. And I believe there's going to be an announcement next week uh, that will go a little bit further into the detail of what that uh, impact will be and uh, how it's going to be uh, how it's going to be affecting the touring schedule. There's rumors of a of a Saturday TV show that AEW will be having. My hope is actually that it's tied to this. I don't want weekly house shows, but if you give us once a month televised house shows as like a main event, you know, WWE Saturday night main event type of an event. I'm into that. And I think it gives you a good chance to see some of the stuff that's going on at the house shows, but also not oversaturate everything. But you know what? As long as we're getting some more shows, like I think live show wise, I'm drowning right now, man. We aren't getting, (laughs) we aren't getting a whole lot in Detroit. So obviously we do have, AEW coming out uh, in May, and then we do have SummerSlam. I know I sound very, very uh, privileged now that I'm saying that. Uh, We've only just got two huge shows coming up in the next few months. But you look at places like Ohio seems to get a ton. Texas, it feels like they're in every other fucking month. Uh, You know, that type of stuff. Hopefully this means that the house shows can maybe hit some of the smaller areas. When they come to Detroit, it seems to be a big show. I wouldn't mind going to a house show where it's low stakes, quick, you're in, you're out. As much as I love televised wrestling, uh, when you're there, there is a little bit of it that's draining because there's so much playing to the television. Uh, and you know, also you've got 
the pre-show, you've got the mid-show, then you've got the post-show, and they're filming for dark, and they're filming for you know XYZ. It's kind of nice to just get in, get out. I'm excited to see it. They're partnering with uh, TFA, the Feldman Agency, and Turbo, T-O-U-R-B-O. I don't know if either of those mean anything from a industry point or if they're large conglomerates when it comes to agencies, but I do know that it's it's a big deal that they are doing this, and that's exciting. Uh, but speaking of exciting, I think one of the most exciting matches in AEW's last year or so uh, happened this week, and that was my match of the week. It was Kenny Omega defeating uh, El Hijo uh, del Vikingo, uh, the son of the Viking. What a fucking match! It that that really tells that shows me what I love about AEW. Um, you know, I would say last night's show was the show of the year, the dynamite of the year thus far. Uh, it had great pacing. I think Chris hit a lot of my points in his article. So shameless plug, please make sure you're checking out wrestlingleaders.com to hear that or read that. Uh, but that match, there were just so many insane fucking spots. I've seen a lot of Vikingo's uh, highlights and they're even crazier to see in real time. Uh, you know, there, there's that aspect a lot of times, I think, especially within Lucha, because they do so much crazy stuff where you're like, it kind of might take you out of it because of the amount of time it takes to set it up. But the shit he does is, first of all, so cool and crazy, but so smooth and really, for the most part, set up pretty quickly that it doesn't matter. He's so fucking good. Uh, probably the best television debut I can really think of for somebody or, you know, kind of that first showcase to you know, a major American audience that match. I, I will be going back to rewatch it again. Um, I, I think Chris put it at four and a half or four and three quarter stars. I'm right there with him. Uh, just an absolute fucking barn burner. And I think the bigger, the bigger lesson of that match though is fuck. Did I miss Kenny Omega as a single star? I think I've been taking Kenny Omega for granted. Like I, I hate to admit that because I was a fan, you know, back when him and Okada had their series. And then obviously when AEW was coming to fruition and everything like that. And then, you know, unfortunately his, his run with the title was during the pandemic, but he still carried the fucking show at that point. But I, I took, I took Kenny Omega for granted as a singles competitor Get him away from. Oh, don't he, he doesn't have to get away from the Bucks. Like they don't have to split. The elite can still be the elite. But damn it, I need Kevin Omega as a single star again. I hope that we get him versus uh, versus MJF at some point in this uh, MJF title run. I think um, you know we'll talk about it in a little bit. We've got Adam Cole coming back his first match next week. Adam Cole probably makes sense as the all out person, but then maybe at Revolution we get to see Kenny. I think especially because at that point you start to think, okay, when is when is MJF losing the title? Uh, it, it feels a little bit more real. I, I want to feel like Kenny can win rather than the uh, the Danielson uh, feud where as good as the match was, it just never, except for a one small moment of that match, felt like Danielson had a chance to win. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler on the planet. Uh, I'm here to put it out there to the universe, the the wrestling elitist universe that I, I took him for granted. I'm sorry. Uh, and God bless, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, onto my moment of the week. Speaking of legends in AEW, 
uh, it was just Sting in the trios match. Uh, I, it's funny. I I actually saw him back in Dallas. Uh, I believe it was what July of 2022, 2021. I, I, sorry, I, everything meshes together. Uh, yeah, it had to be 2021. Um, and he actually had an interaction at that time with orange Cassidy. Uh, and then to see him doing the orange Cassidy kicks on, Kip Sabian and Kip Sabian just turning around and realizing that it's actually the fucking icon Sting. That's great. Every time Sting's music hits, it hits for me. I love it. That song rips. Uh, I absolutely just am so grateful that we're getting this Sting run. I know that there's a lot of people who have some animosity towards his WWE time, especially with the way it ended. That, that was a bummer, but I enjoyed a lot of it. I loved him as the vigilante. Uh, I enjoy him as a as a star and as an icon and aw as much as i can complain at times i think that one thing that they've gotten right every single step of the way has been sting and uh i i'm just grateful that i get to see him on this run and you know him and darby i i really hope that whatever sting's final iteration is in aw i i hope it's not anything him and darby going against each other i just i you know what I, I know that sometimes that plays and, and I know that there's a lot of tag teams nowadays that are like, we never want to break up. Sometimes they need to break up, but I, I don't think those two do. And and I really hope that they don't love you sting. Uh, right now he is the leader in the clubhouse for who I'm going to be for uh, Halloween. So moving on to my cringe of the week. Uh, it's just the women's segment right now is the same segment every fucking week i i think that they've got so much talent it's the most talented that the that the women's roster has been since AEW's iteration and it just seems like they're not even caring they're not putting in a second of thought to it and it almost feels like you want to say if if this is what you're going to do then just why are you even trying like uh it just feels like every single week it's one of the one or two of the members of the, the outcasts, I think they get in a match, they win, then they go to spray paint somebody with an L and then two people, one or two people come out and save them. And then it's just a repeating cycle. I did read right before I went live today on this, that, uh, Jamie Hayter is having visa issues. So maybe there's a little bit of leeway you can give of maybe that wasn't the plan. However, doesn't really feel like it would have been different because I, I genuinely feel like that I've seen that segment 15 weeks in a row. Uh, I know that Ruby hasn't even been a heel that long, but just basically since uh, Soraya and Tony Storm turned, it just feels like it's the same thing week after week after week after week. And I just want to see good storylines. I don't care. I, I just don't care about what they're doing with them right now. And I... I don't even really know what the answer is at this point because it feels like this has been a glaring weakness for uh, for Tony and, and AEW since its iteration. And, and you've got, a, I think, your best champion that you've had from a wrestling standpoint. Obviously, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, has been great as a character, uh, but even her as like kind of the hype woman for Jamie, I don't love. Um, it just feels feels unnatural, but I get it. They're probably holding off so that they can have a, a good, you know, she'll turn heel and maybe face right all out or something. 
I just want more. I, I want better. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, my anticipation, is, Sean talked about it last week, and it continues into this week because it's officially tomorrow. Sean and I will be going to Canada to watch the Impact Sacrifice pay-per-view. Uh, I've, I actually love the Impact roster. I don't watch a whole lot of their stuff. I, their television product, just, I'm, I, I, I don't even know, like I'm, I'm an elitist. That's, well, that's the best way to say it. I'm an elitist when it comes to the television product. Same reason I don't really watch NXT. I, I just, something about like small arena, like small televised shows just don't really do a whole lot for me. And I've only got so much time in my week to watch wrestling. Um, and so I don't watch it, but I love so much of the talent. You know, you've got obviously speedball, Mike Bailey, you've got, uh, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. I just bought a, uh, Josh Alexander shirt as well as a speedball, uh, soccer Jersey from blacksmith. Um, so shout out to blacksmith as a really cool Jersey. I, I, it's funny. I'm not a huge soccer fan. Um, I believe I'll actually get in trouble cause I think they're called soccer kits. Uh, but the fact remains that it's, it's a great, um, great quality. So this is not an ad, although I would love to get paid for an ad, uh, by blacksmith. So just shout out to them. Um, but you've got a match. So I'm, I'm just going to run down the card that, that we're seeing. Uh, you've got your Frankie Kazarian versus, uh, or sorry, Frankie Kazarian, Josh Alexander and Rich Swan versus time machine, which is Alex Shelley, Chris Saban and Kushida. That match is going to fucking bang. Uh, then you've got Mickey James versus Jordan Grace. That match is going to be solid. You've got Tommy Dreamer versus Bully Ray. Everybody needs a piss break. Uh, you've got Trey Miguel versus uh, Lince Dorado. A uh, singles match for the X Division Championship. I'm excited about that. I recently saw that Lince Dorado said that this is going to be his last year wearing a mask. So I kind of wish every single match that he had this year would be a, uh, a, a mask match. Uh, just because that'd be a fun kind of stipulation to run it makes sense if you're not going to have him win the title here that you don't have him lose the title and not lose his mask but just uh neither here nor there then you've got diana perrazzo versus giselle shaw uh diana perrazzo is so fucking good i'm excited to see that match bullet club ace austin and chris bay versus tmdk uh which made up of bad dude tito and shane haste uh the mighty don't kneel one of the coolest wrestling names i've ever heard in my life so i'm good with that chris bay uh I've been a fan for a while of his um, Ace Austin doesn't do a whole lot for me. He's talented, um, but I'm excited for that match. That's the tag team title match. Uh, And then you've got Jonathan Gresham versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That match is going to go hard. Joe Henry, Joe Hendry, sorry, versus Brian Myers. Uh, That'll be interesting. I've never witnessed a Joe Hendry. Uh, he does those music videos where he does like a, like I, uh, he does like he'll parody a song about his opponent. So I'm assuming since it's for the impact digital media championship, we will be seeing some sort of, uh, some sort of, you know, messing around with that, with Joe Hendry. I'm excited to see him live. I, I think the first one I ever saw him do was, uh, he did a parody of in the air of the night, uh, or in the air tonight. What is that? Oh man, that's embarrassing. Uh, Phil Collins cover. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm excited to see him. And then we've got PCO versus Kenny King. Last time I saw Kenny King, he gave me a high five at an ROH show. Last time I saw him before that, he was on The Bachelorette. So that match will be probably wild. PCO always does something crazy every single match. 
and uh, happy to see that he is still, um, I'm not sure thriving is the right word, but surviving. And uh, I'm always happy to see Kenny King. So that match will be good. Um, moving on to just some of the extras. Uh, the first one, the red, white, and blue ropes yesterday on Dynamite. Fan-fucking-tastic. I don't know. I've dropped the F-bomb a lot today. Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm running on fumes today. Uh, and I, and yesterday I was just really happy. I saw, I saw a lot of good wrestling. I saw red, white, and blue ropes. I saw, uh, you know, table spots that were insane and, and I'm just, I'm bringing it. Uh, so I just, I don't know what made that change. Hope it's permanent. Absolutely loved it. Made it feel special. Kind of rings you back to the retro. You look at our logo, we have a retro logo, uh, and, and our music kind of has that retro feel. I think the person that made the music for us, I sent them some old, like 1980s WrestleMania type music. So uh, it plays for this crowd for sure. Uh, next week, we've got Adam Cole versus Daniel Garcia. Absolutely um, the right opponent, I think, for for Adam Cole. I think Daniel Garcia is kind of, he's one of those guys you could trust to go out there. You know, when I, when his music first hit, I was like, Ugh. but like, and then I sat back, thought about it, read Chris's article and realized that that really is a good pick. I think um, he's, He's always he's always going to make his opponent look good. I'm excited to see what Adam Cole does, and and hopefully he really does go down this path of being a babyface. Um, I'd be I'd actually be bummed, and I would he'd probably have heat with me if if uh, if he immediately turned. So we'll see how that goes. Um, one of the greats, one of the greats this week. He uh, he hung up the boots. One of the best to ever do it. Uh, Stokely Hathaway. Um, Sad day. It's a bad day. It's a sad day when you see uh, somebody like that uh, retire from in-ring competition. Um, obviously, if you cannot tell, uh, I am being sarcastic. Uh, that was a great bet. He's my favorite manager. He has been really since he was managing Moose and ROH. And then he went to WWE, and I was always shocked that they didn't do more with him. And really have been shocked in AEW that they haven't done more with him. I think that the firm is just a bunch of dweebs other than uh, Ethan Page. And, and even, I, I think, I think big bill to an extent, I, I, I've somewhat enjoy big bill. Uh, I think that it's kind of goofy to have him as the monster that can't beat anybody, but that's besides the point. Uh, Stokely Hathaway though. He's great. His intro was amazing. I love that. He's constantly re- referencing nineties hip hop. Um, you know, it, just that chicken shit heel that that's taking the bumps and, and getting the comeuppance. It was great. I, and I'm excited to now potentially be seeing hook versus Ethan page. I think that that'll be a, the first really good match for hook. I think we, I think we've seen enough of this version of hook and now the next version needs to be him having some real, you know, true wrestling matches. So I'm excited for that. Uh, forbidden to forbidden door two was essentially a instant sellout. It looked like it sold out during pre-show or pre-sale. Uh, absolutely amazing. I had some, uh, a friend who was in the pre, uh, the pre-sale and was relaying some of the prices that he was seeing. Uh, the sticker shock was real for me. Um, I would love to try to find a way to be in Toronto for that, but if the ticket prices do not go down, I will be hanging out in either my house, Sean's house, or Chris's house watching that uh, from the comfort of a couch. Uh, and then the, the the other big piece, I already talked about it at the top, but it's, it's too important not to talk about. The boys are back, baby. Uh, absolutely excited for it. I, I think, you know, I enjoy doing this podcast. 
Uh, there's times where I don't when it's fucking when, when we're having just weeks of like terrible storylines and not not, you know, not good flow to a show for AEW. Um, but what I enjoyed the most about it is the fact that it gives me a reason to see two of my best friends uh, for at least an hour a week. And we just get a chance to talk about our favorite thing in the world. And that's pro wrestling. And I finally get to do that again. So excited to have them back. Uh, I also forgot as I kind of transitioned that to make it sound like it was my last point. Chris sent me a couple of thoughts on some stuff or some things to get my, my thoughts. Uh, first of all, the one being Andy Kaufman, which I mentioned, he does have an article that he is publishing on Andy Kaufman going to the WWE hall of fame. I don't really have much of an opinion about it. Um, Andy Kaufman to me, I don't know. I'm like a huge, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. I'm a huge comedy fan, but I've never really, I've never really, like, he's never really hit for me. Like he's never been somebody that I truly uh, enjoyed the work of like I it's one of those things where I almost I understand it but it's not for me um this is going to drive Chris crazy that I'm saying this but it's kind of how I feel about Shawn Michaels <laughs> uh, I understand that Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time uh, I make sense I get it doesn't mean I enjoy seeing him for whatever reason uh Michael Hickenbottom does not that uh, does not play uh for me and that's kind of how I feel about Andy Kaufman um, FTR, the whole loser leaves town stipulation. It's funny. I actually somewhat enjoyed the stipulation last night for the first time. And, and here's why they've played this for so long. They've, they've done this whole, will they, won't they, it at least adds some sort of question to it when, when the, uh, otherwise the guns just, they don't match up. Right. Like that makes no sense. And I I don't love the idea of the guns being able to say, oh, we'll just never give you a title shot. Um, well, how about Tony Khan, the owner, says that you have to give them a title shot? Like I I don't necessarily like that stuff kind of is goofy to me. However, I think that they played it fine. Um, I will say I am over the whole like anybody like, oh, I'm gonna go WWE when I'm done. Like that, that's played out. Everybody's overdone it everybody's you know it's not creative it's not interesting and then you cannot to me you cannot complain when then the fans are getting on you about stuff if you're playing this whole work shoot thing and when everything's a work shoot nothing's a work shoot it's not an interesting story and and anybody who like overdoes it to me it it almost takes a little bit away from my enjoyment of your ability as a storyteller because it's too much of a crutch with that said, I didn't mind it in this instance, like I said, because I think it's the only way to really have heat in this this matchup against the guns because the guns are they're fine. They're that you can use them as transitional champs if you have to, but it really makes no sense for them to come close to losing or to winning against FTR. And I think it'll make a couple of false finishes very, very scary for fans. So uh, I'm not sure when that match happens. Hopefully it's soon just because the sooner we get those titles off them and the sooner we have this settled with a or with uh, FTR, the better. Uh, Goldberg is a free agent. Um, <sighs> hopefully it stays that way. I guess that's my um, that is my my opinion on that. I, I don't think that I need him having a sting type of a run. I don't think that he's capable of it really i think i think sting loves pro wrestling i think sting 
I, I think that he, he, he's doing what he's doing, not for money at this point. I think obviously the money is probably great, but I, I think he's doing what he's doing out of a love. And, you know, he obviously he never really did the WWE route when WCW was bought. He went to TNA and TNA was such a fucking shit show. Then he finally goes to WWE and it just doesn't uh, pan out the way that I think he wanted it to. And I think part of that's Vince always wanted to make WCW look like the losers, even 17 years later. And so I, I think that it was a perfect storm for Sting. You, you had somebody who loves the, loves the sport. You had an owner in Tony Khan who loves WCW and the history of pro wrestling. And then you had the great, uh, you know, the, the great ability to put this on on a grand scale compared to what uh, TNA was doing back in the you know early to mid two thousands. Um, Forbidden Door, uh, we talked about how it sold out instantly, pretty much. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what matches you get. Hopefully, you get Danielson versus uh, Zack Saber Junior. Um, I've read that they're probably going to run back uh, Omega and Osprey, and I think you should. Uh, the only scary thing to that is I what I read said that they held back in that match, their original match. That is uh, terrifying. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how uh, how that's possible. Uh, and then my last thing that I wanted to touch on was the SummerSlam logo. <sighs> that SummerSlam logo, Summer Slaps. That thing was sick. Absolutely love it. Put it on a shirt. Put it on anything, and I will buy it. Um, love them paying homage to Detroit and and everything like that. It just makes it feel like a bigger a bigger event now. And uh, that's always what I'm about is, is, you know, I, I think WWE does a good job of making moments and events feel big and just tying in Detroit to a, to the, to the, to the SummerSlam logo just feels good. And it's way better than uh, when WrestleMania was in Tampa Bay and they, it was just, it just looked like it was WrestleMania pirate ship. So that is all that I have uh, this week. Once again, next week, you get the three boys back together and hopefully it stays that way for a good long while. But uh, please make sure you're checking out the website, wrestlingelitist.com for your latest match reviews, articles, and um, commentary. And then check out our Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. I need to get better about putting out uh, clips. Uh, it's just, I feel like it always looks like I'm... Uh, I have an ego because the way that our, our uh, software works is it makes my face always the biggest in the video clips. And then uh, also uh, I often pick ones where I'm talking. That one is probably a little bit of an egotistical thing, but I promise you when you see clips of us, I do not pick the size of our little square things. So just know that. And then also know that I love you all. Rick Rude, send us home. Hit the music!